work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem. Mm, the happiest post-mortem around. Yes, where we where we dive in and um, post-mortem uh, analyze the death that <laughs> occurred in your sermon on Sunday. That's why it's called post-mortem. Um, you being my husband, James Anger, Jim Anger, uh, pastor Hello. of senior pastor of Liberty Church Collingswood. Hmm. I'm his wife. I try not to like wear the pastor's wife hat so much. I was yeah i keep on getting introduced as the pastor's wife and i just like look at people oh like, goodness <laughs> it's really fine i i don't, I don't yeah you didn't even much. park in the reserved for pastor's wife oh, parking I space oh. <laughs> <laughs> i have you know, we choose our battles sign. no um yeah welcome back uh this is episode two of season two and i feel like i was a little draggy last week so i had my um double espresso oh very nice uh latte from our uh, Aldi-based espresso machine right before. I thought it was Costco. No, it was Aldi. Oh, okay. Um, the tried and true Aldi. I, I know I'm I'm starting to, to, you know, veer towards Costco, but I still love Aldi. Um, <laughs> Those like, Germans. Here we are, the second week, and I am um, ready to chat with you. I felt like this week... Um, so back in the day when we were when you were when we were in college, I've been mm. in college a lot. Um, we had a pastor jointly, who um, sometimes he would get up on the podium and you would just know that he like had a certain energy that that made you feel like okay, the sermon's gonna be good. <laughs> um, uh, Norm Coop, Reverend Norm Coop, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of felt like you had it this week it was it was like oh jim is like more energized and hello hello i've seen him a while is that true (laughs) that is a good question i'd say that so i took a long time not preaching this summer yeah Uh, part of that was doing a lot of reading prayer research about specifically this fall sermon series so I i think i'm excited to go and then also and I think this is endemic to lead pastors or pastors that do preaching on a regular basis at their church. I'm, and hopefully this isn't just blind raging ego talking. You can help tell oh, me if it is. Oh, you have plenty of that. The, that <laughs> when are you not talking with blind raging <laughs> ego? Case in point, whenever I'm sitting, listening to a sermon at Liberty Collingswood, I am slightly discomforted because I think that should be me. It's sort of like when... You know, like stop kissing my baby on the mouth like Wait, that. Wait, The um. <laughs> Where is that the, reference from? I don't know. It's, it's not a reference. That's an original right there. Oh my so gosh. yeah, I think there's a specific burden and bond that I feel, and and this is especially with with guest preachers that that come in. So I'm grateful for for Eric, and we've had people like Jesse and Derek and Blake preach over the past year too. With, with guest preachers that, that don't have, and you know, a lot of those sermons are really good, they don't have an immediate connection, a pastoral connection with, with our congregation. And so having, having farmed out the pulpit for a while, it just feels really good to, to get back to be 
talking to my people. Yeah, I guess And I was so. excited. Okay. Um, beginning of the year. I Yeah, so I I like that you were excited. I mean, it, it helps me to be less likely Focus. to fall asleep. But... <laughs> Um, probably other people too. So it was it was cool to see that enthusiasm. I know that um, this season is a new start for us. Everyone is like cranking the gears back up, um, and some of that has been more. We've been more cranky than others as we're cranking the gears up. But that's right. You seem like ready for church, ready for the season. So well, that's the, exciting. The, the the new the new Eagles coach, as you know, him is a guy named Nick Sirianni, and he's been compared to Ted Lasso for his undying enthusiasm and energy on a daily basis so if Sirianni's in town (laughs) I I better up my enthusiasm Gabe yeah um that eagle suck that just went right over my head but that's okay um and this might be a guitar slim pickings but I before I forget because Clara our daughter wanted to mention that um she's upset because you did not you did not proper properly credit her for the terms church merch which right. you know, to be honest i think that i think that other people probably have come up with the idea of church merch but, <laughs> um for church merch well, you it's um, new to liberty collingswood i kind of think this is related to call it stormy monday as we're mm-hmm. thinking about this sermon series you have this whole new represence initiative represence thing, initiative thing and you announced church merch mm-hmm. and jesse whispered what what do we have <laughs> <laughs> is it a t-shirt? And you're like fridge magnets. Yeah. So um fridge ma- magnets. Yep. Um So yeah. church merch came from our daughter Clara, that that specific phrase. And she was tickled that I relayed it to the congregation, but disgruntled that it was not cited. Although I did reference her in the sermon, so you know, there was plenty of Clara <laughs> coverage. <laughs> There's our other An- kids, anger like, family band. You need permission to like use examples from their lives and for Clara you're like she's offended if you don't mention yeah, she's her. She's like, Why yeah. not? Why wouldn't I wanna be? <laughs> um but church merch and um the idea of represence initiative, do you wanna talk about that a little as you before we jump into the sermon specifically or as it relates to the sermon maybe as a as a context builder? So I'll, I'll mention something specific that I also said on Sunday with with this sermon. So Represence Initiative, we're trying to develop a third-way walk and worldview for being resilient followers of Jesus in a post-Christian and post-COVID world. And we're mapping out some specific first downs that we want our people to make this year in terms of Christian formation. One of them is daily office. We're combining scripture saturation and prayer and if one of the challenges of this Sunday is to get people excited about a scripture texts so that it becomes alive to them, that is what I hope we can work on this year so that the Bible does become more of a living word to us. Uh, sure. That's one of the ways that we enjoy the presence of God and practice the presence of God with one another. And with Represence Initiative as well, this coming sermon and Sunday when we talk about Days of Creation faith and science, science is real, that's going to lean pretty heavily into the third way worldview. So okay. more to come represents initiative as it relates to next week too. Okay. I like it. I like, um, I like this concept of having to start over because it, it genuinely, the context of our right now is like, yeah, the kids are in school for the first time. Some of us are back at work for the first time. My work is starting to like pick up. I was like, oh, there are people who want their photos taken. Got to get, got to get that, um, groove going and the extra pandemic pounds yeah, captured on i feel like christian the, formation the cellulite wise, on celluloid hmm. 
the word <laughs> formation makes me think of like Clara playing with slime or Play-Doh where like it all like comes together and starts to become formed into something. And I do feel hmm. like pandemic kind of squashed us. Like we were all like flat. <laughs> like now we got to got to beef up so the, the wheels right. the wheels are turning um pandemic boot and pandemic yeah bug. so that's really so all this the is under fly. call it stormy monday as we're like thinking about the context of your sermon the context yeah. of what you're burdened to get across so i think i i like this big picture thing that's going on and I'll, I'll i'll keep grilling you about it yeah please do i'm excited about it um so another transition you know how you walked past me this morning and you said oh you're bullet journaling <laughs> Bullet journaling being like the highly yes. organized people who like make these like super cool organizational schedules yeah. on their yep. in their little yep. Yep. fancy moleskin journal. I was actually um I actually had realized that I recycled um my sermon notes on the overscrolled oh, no. on the bulletin. Um oh. and I was trying to recreate like my memory of your sermon. Fine blind. Bullet journal. I like it. So I was feeling like, okay, this is part of the gears winding up but this podcast is not about me and my thoughts and reflections on your sermon <laughs> <laughs> it is about you okay. so i think it'll I be have a memory game this yeah. week but really i i gave up bullet journaling like five years ago that is true <laughs> somebody tell I, me I carry okay, the bullet this journal is a helen right wolves now. thing that's so tangential that jim will be annoyed but like if you know of an organizational app that like is super simple and will yet like, yell at me for not doing things like paying bills um let me know <laughs> baby i am the opposite of annoyed that you're making that request of everybody so what is our I, what is our I email address again <laughs> post sunday blues at gmail.com okay message me the apps i i'll even pay i'll pay i'll pay money yeah we're not we're not paying <laughs> so so back well, we'll pay money so for the app but we're not to... like promising money to... yeah okay so back to Fine. the sermon discussion and analysis since i like don't have my notes mm -hmm. um tell me what you were burdened to get across this sunday okay so last sunday the screen was dark in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep it was totally dark but in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 to 13, which is our sermon text from this past Sunday, everything explodes into being, at least the first three days of creation, beginning with, and God said, let there be light. And so this is a breathtaking panorama of God's starting life, the universe, and everything. Right. And I do remember Jessie, uh, again, whispering. She was actually doing the live commentary in my ear, the whole sermon. Interesting. Um, which was a, you know, it's a callback, like, she, not a callback, but she's, that's what she was doing, like, all during the pandemic when we oh, were watching right. on, on, the couch. on TV and the yep. couch. They were, like, our our kids were just constantly doing the, yeah, like. Yeah, those two old Muppet characters. Yeah, from live the Muppet commentary. Show. So she was doing that. Uh, heavy whispering don't sit in front of us if you don't want like, jesse's whispers um but she was like why are we starting in genesis again uh, maybe this is partly related already to what you're saying already but um yeah i later i remember in your in what you were saying without my notes that you were saying this is a tired passage for some of us mm -hmm. um but just breathing life into it i feel like um what what gave you the vision to be um, 
what did you want God, God to do with this message, this um, tired passage? What were you trying to enliven? So wanted to do whatever I could to refresh the Sistine Chapel nature of this passage and get people to appreciate beauty as created from God and as one of God's great gifts to us. And so if our lives are some combination of bouncing between the poles of mundane at best and ugly at worst, let's just look around. So thinking of college, M, you took our oldest son, Josiah, to a college swing last Gosh, it was only a few days ago, yeah, Friday did, and Saturday. It was a whirlwind tour. So like 16 hours of driving. Right. Just I conveniently forgot his driver's license. You're a trucker. <laughs> we were at, or you were at Dartmouth College where we both went to school. And one of the things that we've talked about over the years is when we when we go back to campus, which is not very often, it's kind of out of the way. So you, you don't hit... Hanover, New Hampshire on your way to anything. I guess if you're one of those people Maine. who go to Maine. Actually, you don't. Maine, I've discovered geography-wise, but that's, oh, okay. that's a tangent also. Right. So when we've been back, we stand in the middle of the green and say, hey, when did these mountains get here? We graduated 20 years ago. Uh, these mountains must be new because I didn't notice them at the time. Right. So we were so stressed out by all of these books we had to read and papers we had to write. I have the worst existence in the universe because I have no responsibilities besides these. We missed, or at least I missed the beauty of, of that period because my focus was so drawn to whatever was challenging to me. So in a broader way, Let's let's open up our eyes and enjoy See the beauty that's us. all around us yeah. every day. I yeah, I definitely also missed it because I was like staying up pulling all nighters to write papers and then sleeping during the day. So it was just dark every day at <laughs> Dartmouth for me. Yeah. <laughs> I I remember those days somewhat fondly. Yeah. Um and I think that that can be true of just regular life here too. Like I I watched um Taylor with her new baby oh, and yeah. um, just the like little tiny cries little baby squeaks. and every time I see a newborn I'm like oh my my 17 year old was a little tiny baby once and That's right. I don't know if I like embraced it quite as much I did I think I did with him maybe mm-hmm. not with like by number three <laughs> <laughs> you were a truck driving grizzled veteran oh, yeah but talk to me about babies later um but don't kiss him on the mouth that's the weirdest (laughs) who anyway um but this sermon this sunday i i do like really resonate with the idea of trying to see the beautiful in the world that's around us right now and Mm -hmm. trying to like i think yeah you you would you would say that this whole sermon was about um what to do with beauty Mm -hmm. um yeah, let's talk, like, talking more about going to the next section, Sun Studios, I met her in church, mm. maybe the last time we'll use that phrase. Uh, um, we'll see, but uh, keep listening. <laughs> the, the Bible passage, looking at it, I, um, looking and you were talking about the symmetry and poetry and beauty of this passage. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk more about that? I love the rhythm and the poetry of this passage so this is not technically speaking hebraic poetry but it is very poetic kind of when you read a passage of prose that you're like wow you could you could write a song to this or that it just it just flows and a lot of the flow here are the 
structuring symmetries and repetitions, it, it's almost like a lullaby where there's a certain lilt and cadence to the passage and God said, let there be light and God said, let there be an expanse and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation. And there is evening and there is morning the first day, evening and morning the second day, evening and morning the third day. And God saw that all this stuff is good. And so whether it's the the rhythms that add some structure and order, we talked about that aspect of beauty. And it was one of the commentaries that I read that pointed out the explosion of colors. So Emma, if you recall from, from Sunday, talked about how if last Sunday was all dark, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, but we only had darkness over the face of the deep. We go from an explosion of light out of darkness to the blue of the heavens, to the blue of the seas, to the green of the land, and then all the other Roy G. Biv coming out to party as God populates the world before our eyes here. It kind of does make me think about how our imaginations, like engaging with text, like as the former middle school teacher that I was, like your goal was to get your your students to be able to be present in a book where you're lost in it, where you can like just imagine being in that world. Mm -hmm. I think that is a skill that we sometimes lose because we're just used to, I don't know, re reading blather um, that doesn't have that power. But if you like sit with and blather, <laughs> if you sit with this um, passage and just like close your eyes and envision um, those things that you're you're painting out for us, mm -hmm. um, it is like a, it's a kind of incredible um, mental imagination um, picture thinking about creation and God creating um, mm -hmm. and what what beauty is. Um, yeah, and in that connection, Em, that's why I mentioned the Jesus Storybook Bible, which right. I think adds a lot of you know, color, great illustrations, and verve to Bible stories for young kids and also in the same connection that's why i mentioned jackson pollock as kind of right. a structuring analogy for the whole sermon so it was one of the sermons where i pushed all of my my chips into the center of the pollock table and if if you uh if you he didn't was, understand that and or if you hate jackson pollock didn't you're you gonna... like not like jackson pollock at one point no no okay sorry the so, so jackson pollock was a. Uh, you might be thinking of john cage the mm. the the uh, avant-garde composer. I, just, I think someone else. Okay. They, they were contemporaries. Yeah. So John Cage, still horrible. But Jackson Pollock, really good. And so if, if Pollock is this action painter, throwing paint around with just a ton of vibrance, hopefully there's some of a parallel here where, where God is the Pollock, the painter. And I talked about how hopefully appreciating the process of the painter like this German photographer and filmographer did uh, with Pollock taking us behind the scenes, the BTS exclusive. Uh, we can appreciate both the uh, painting of creation and the painter a little bit better. Right. I think even the exercise of, again, looking at your current life, your present life, the things that you're thankful for, mm -hmm. and thinking about the processes God used to get you there, um, that's a similar like level of thank level up of thankfulness and uh marvel at the beauty of what's going on in your life like even um through hardness to to know that god is transforming you and mm -hmm. um it's an it's a it's a good illustration yeah unless you don't like pollock <laughs> right <laughs> so challenging about this passage in terms of trying to get it across to to people there's the the over familiarity aspect you're that, moving to muddying that, the water that we've been talking about mm. 
No. What did I find interesting or challenging? What is fun or difficult? It it says on our sheet. It says on the sheet. Fine, fine. Interesting or challenging. The taking an over familiar passage and making it fresh again. Some side of that is whether you're a Christian or a non Christian, we can get in the habit of treating treating the Bible like eating our vegetables or just a boring college textbook where, oh, the professor is assigning his own book here or her own book here in class. And instead of just eating our vegetables and trying to get through the material, how is this alive to us as, as God's word? And then also, and we'll see if it ends up being a good idea or a bad idea, I completely tabled all scientific questions yeah. <laughs> until next week trying to, to hold off Hold off the the nerdish barbarians at the gate with all these science questions, like I my that dad was fair. With, yeah. watching science fiction in the movie theater, and and hopefully that being able to story. to suspend disbelief uh, with I don't know if suspension of disbelief is the right word, but su- suspension of scientific questions at least for a Sunday, which I think is appropriate so that we can really deal with this text on its own terms a little bit better. Right. And that overall picture that, or one of the things I jotted down that I did remember was like your, your idea of asking a skeptic or even asking ourselves, like, what do we do with ugliness if you're a skeptic? Like, mm-hmm. what, what do you do with beauty if you're a skeptic? Like, do you, are you al- allowed to appreciate beauty if, if it was just random? And it's an, it's an interesting puzzle, I think, um, to have to look at Genesis, to think about creation, to think about your experiences with mm-hmm. creation or beauty or right. art or making a sandwich and yeah. um, to have to think what is what is there behind it. Yeah, which leads us to muddying some water as we're trying to engage <laughs> Wait, I'm the one contemporary who's context. You're, you're just so smooth, <laughs> so smooth. The, you know, one of the contexts I was trying to to engage with was with skeptics, which I try to do every every Sunday. Everything I do and communicate, uh, sometimes by way of challenge, sometimes by way of building bridges. Uh, but without a creator, can we actually call beauty beauty? And you know, for some skeptics, that might be an intriguing thing to think about. For others, it's just sort of the complete subjectivity where all I need is my own brain and senses to be able to assign value to the external world. That goes back to a little bit last week when we talked about humans perhaps not being fit to do all of their barah, all of their creating from scratch every day. But I think there's a larger sense, too, where there's something wired in us as human beings where we want to say that beauty is more valuable than ugliness. Um, but apart from a created order, I don't see how you can actually get there, logically speaking. Right, right. That I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't either. And I think that beauty is a is a big driver in this world. Like even if we're like criticizing social media, the the Instagram beauty or yeah, um, like the strive the Met Gala. <laughs> the Met Gala is yeah. The there's a certain beauty in that that some people might not think is beautiful, but I do. But yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> um, the you know Josiah looking at colleges, he's seeking out like a beautiful campus and like the like, yeah. being surrounded by something beautiful. Um, I think that there's also some level of encouragement. Like sometimes I feel like I'm spinning wheels, just making a meal, or um, I don't know, decorating my daughter's room. The, yeah. the idea that some of those things are about creating spaces that are beautiful or creating things that are beautiful because that's the way we were created. Because God created us to be artistic or to appreciate right. um, flavor, textures, 
um, to appreciate the spaces that we're surrounded by. I think so. And some of the skepticism that I brought towards this sermon was, uh, and as you know, I would grow up tangent, or I grew up tangentially going to church sometimes, but it was a pretty, pretty flaccid church experience when it was just sort of a country clubbish, you know, good people, all those sorts of qualifiers, mm-hmm. but but not a whole lot of engaging Christian content, sure. at, at least in retrospect. And I would sit through a lot of sermons where the the bottom line would be, "Isn't beauty wonderful?" Right. Let's just go do beautiful things, blah, right, blah, right. blah. But, but it, you know, I eventually left that, that flavor of Christianity because it was just kind of inert and boring. Sure. And so part of me wonders, did I just Bring preach that back? an innate and boring <laughs> message about making beauty? Like who, who at the end of the day would disagree with that? Uh, but then what at least made me press ahead in this direction is that we face a combination of mundanity and ugliness in our lives, like I was saying earlier. And the the older I get and the more cynical I become, the more it does feel like I need an active push to be a person of beauty because sure. the tendency towards ugliness is all the stronger. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Does that mean that I can replace this desk that we're sitting at that has duct tape on it? <laughs> duct well, tape, I, <laughs> duct tape, IKEA furniture. You know, like it's it's really a, like this is a twenty year old <laughs> particle board desk. IKEA desk right here. This is this is a classic. <laughs> this, this is, is vintage. <laughs> <laughs> this is on Mad Men. So yes or no? <laughs> That's uh, we'll talk about it. Oh man. Um, <laughs> okay, guys. There was once a time when um, Jim was wearing uh, duct taped slides. Was it slides? Oh yeah. And he wore them every day, every time we were at this like Bible study prayer meeting mm-hmm. at church. And one week, um, a, a woman at church, Doctor Ant, yeah, she walked in with a brand new pair of slides and threw away his his duct tape right. slides. <laughs> right. Can't can't bear to look at you stuffing newspapers in your shoes anymore. I yeah, can't listen to a word you're saying. That might happen to this desk. Tape. I may, I may set Clara on this desk where I let her do craft projects on your art, <laughs> your office desk, and then maybe, maybe then, yeah, <laughs> maybe when there's encrusted glitter, Ugh. you will, um, you'll, you'll let me buy your new desk. Totally. Anyway, so, so one other context that I was trying to implicitly, right, explicit in the sermon, but some implicit backstory is that. Whether for people that are in the church or outside of the church identify as Christians or otherwise, I think there's a contemporary assumption that Christians and beauty don't necessarily go together. So hmm, yeah. if you think about Christianity and the arts, like Christians are the are the worst at it. Right. And they're right. they're just cliche that Thomas Kincaid, painter of light, or right. they're uh, twenty years behind every contemporary musical trend right. and you know early 90s Green Day, that's, uh, that, that's our jam, or whatever it is. And then also historically in the 20th century, some of the most, not exclusively, but but some of the loudest critics of contemporary and modern art been, were, right. were Christians. And so there's sure. this just knee-jerk conservative reaction that if, if we're for God in the Bible, then we're against any type sure. of artistic innovation and any type of beauty. I, I think underneath that is that as quote unquote Christian influence declined in the in the 20th century and contemporary art was on the rise that 
some Christians saw a correlation between those two things. Right. And so but it that's was not, yeah. not necessarily, that, that's correlation, not causation. Right. But then part of it too, to add some nuance there, there has been an uptick in ugliness and art. So in, intentional ugliness, which I think is interesting as it would engage the the Christian story. So what do you do with, was it Duchamp that, that had, had the urinal, right, the right. fountain as, as as art? So there's a knee-jerk that's horrible. Then there's a larger sense of like, well, that's really interesting. And, and to take something that we don't normally associate with, with art to make some other type of artistic statement is compelling and engaging to me. But then there's another level of what does this mean about beauty and so yeah let's let's have more conversations along those lines and it goes without saying finally that we live in an increasingly ugly age Hmm. where basic civility basic manners not 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 manners in a victorian sense of all this stuffiness but but human courtesy uh, being given to one another charitable judgments and assumptions uh, public discourse is going into Duchamp's fountain sure. <laughs> in a, yeah. at a rapid rate. And so one of the ways that I think Christians can press against this present darkness of ugliness is in a humble way cultivating beauty, including trying to make beauty in our own lives. So I, it was important, at least to me, the desk upon which we're podcasting notwithstanding, <laughs> to try to pursue and articulate, I use the phraseology of, adoring and adorning to adorn our lives with beauty yeah and that's um is a good call i i do think it's important in this context to celebrate um to celebrate beauty to celebrate art and um not fall into other um aspects um anything else the context that you're trying to engage no i'm looking through um, we can move back, to, move on to bar band cover tune. Oh, and your there are a lot references. of um, Again, I don't have my notes. I remember a couple of them. I remember you did like a really odd rendition of Coltrane. <laughs> you want to re- repeat that one? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I didn't get an eye roll from Jesse there, but she probably was asleep at that point. When I did my Coltrane impression, there there were some eyes that were lowered in the congregation and that, that darted up. up just sort of like, what the hell is Jim doing right there? And I'm like, ah, but you're this thing. Yeah. Um, and I did, you know, I have to acknowledge that it made me like know who Coltrane was because I'm not sure that I would have without your like, right? your mouth trumpet. Live. <laughs> I am a harmonica player. It's it's called the mouth organ. Um. So, so yeah, so you're Coltrane to say that, uh, the, what was that to say that like that something that's so not that was talking about beautiful. the relationship <laughs> and the connection between beauty and structure. And so even for free jazz, like Coltrane and Ornette Coleman, and there's plenty of avant-garde. I, I just got a, got a mosaic box set of the Blue Note Sam Rivers recording. So in the, from the mid 1960s, Sam Rivers Blue Note in the 60s didn't do a ton with like very outre avant-garde jazz, but Sam Rivers stuck some in. He was in Miles Davis band for a little while, but Miles thought that he was too out there, so he went in different directions. So yeah, uh, but even those, when you go to musicologists, 
they'll they'll be able to take apart what sounds random to us mm-hmm. and and say, well, here are the harmonic ideas that are being developed. Right. And at least to my ear, the difference between some Coltrane avant-garde stuff and then the totally like free atonal jazz, sure. you can actually hear the difference between free jazz with some structure versus right. okay. farting with an instrument. Or like a kid banging on a piano. Right. Like we're yep. totally arbitrary. Yeah. And so the analogy that I used there that criticism of Pollock specifically or more generally that my five-year-old could do this contemporary art Mm -hmm. you can't they can't do it there's a lot of skill behind it so yeah go try and call me in the morning yeah yeah um the other one that I kind of remembered but I didn't know who to attribute to Mm -hmm. um science is the study of beauty right um just the idea that um like the things that you're studying in science, and I know that you'll get there next week. Maybe this is, I don't know. We're not, neither of us is very like science oriented. Oh, we both are. <laughs> but just the concept of um, studying how the world is actually working, ticking, and the speaking of gears rolling, like the mm-hmm. way uh, human organisms do, the way viruses spread. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Um, that, that's still a study of, of beauty because. Um, there is like underlying order and uh, method and pattern and color and all yeah. those things. Like, who was that but from? Was that... that was Simone Weil. Eh. The true definition of science is this: the who study Simone... of the beauty of the world. And who is Simone Weil? She was a 20th century continental critic, writer, thinker. Uh, I don't think she was actually a Christian, but sure. she but she was a person. She was a theist, a person of faith, and kind of ran in some of the circles. Uh, W.H. Auden, uh, some of those like English and continental, you know, writers, thinkers during the World War II period. Right. Naturalists. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And there's some truth to people who aren't specifically Christians necessarily sure. to like uh, observationally to think about um, to think about the world in a way that we're not yeah, common grace. currently thinking about. Um, and then I, I wrote down you you said that Jonathan Edwards was a party person. Jonathan Edwards, <laughs> fun at parties. Oh my goodness, I, he he would be at the bottom of the list of uh, Christian thinkers and philosophers that want to right. But you pulled him get out. A happy hour with. So who's even, at the top? Uh, Luther. That's obvious. Oh. Anyway, not not <laughs> even a, not even a, interesting. That is a church joke. Yeah. I feel like. Helen Wolves, let me know if you want a top ten. Oh my gosh, of no. Christian Let's thinkers not. to hang out with. The. Uh, so, yeah, Edwards, for all of his reputation of being uh, a Vulcan and a grump, was somebody who himself actually really adored beauty. He, he's Some people like him, some people don't, but current scholars and for a while have said that Edwards may have been, at least in terms of people that had access to education and writing and that sort of thing, one of the smartest people ever to live on the American continent. So Scary, smart people. Scary, smart, big brain. Uh, he, he loved the beauty of the natural world and would rhapsodize about spiders and in a pre-scientific way actually did research on spiders admiring their beauty. So wanted to pull a potentially unlikely example from church history with, with Edwards in that direction. And, and just to round out the... So, so we had some like higher culture and lower culture sure. references Did this I miss week. The lower with, with uh, <laughs> we'll, I, I'm going to quiz you on it. So here, Uh-oh. so so 
beauty is truth, truth, beauty. That's all you know on earth and all you need to know. Keats's ode on a Grecian urn. Fun factoid about that. We studied that, I think it was in our humanities class in high school senior year. So it was Miss Miss Wells. And we were making poetry in the style of, of Keats and some of those English poets of the same period. I, I wrote a poem called How, How Do You Ode on Something? It was my Duchamp phase of high school poetry. That was a sigh if you didn't catch the mic. <laughs> there we go. So there was that. Uh, Lester Bangs, uh, I guess this is straddling the line between higher and lower culture. Uh, Loving Van Morrison's Astral Weeks, proof that there was something left to express artistically besides nihilism and destruction. So Bangs was a great writer, himself struggled with, with addiction. And as you go through the 1960s, Hate ashbury right, in San Francisco, where, where all of the optimism of the early to mid-60s just becomes darker and druggier. Uh, Bangs saw the beauty of Astral Weeks and said, hey, there, there's still hope for all of us. We also had... Dorothy Sayers, another 20th century writer, talking about the image of God for us means She's that made we... it onto your, like, repeated quotes from this author. You know, I, I had that thought. I, I got the Sayers quote from a Genesis commentary. Tim huh. Keller quotes Dorothy Sayers a lot. I've, I've never actually... I've quote, she's. Oh, these are where the revolutions are coming in. Listen to the podcast for the deep, dark secrets of Jim Andrew. I don't think there are many authors in this category, but she's somebody that I quote fairly frequently, but... <laughs> A full book of which I, of hers I've never read. So dark I, confessions. Yeah, there James we go. I got it right. out of him, guys. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. So and then uh, Rusty George, the football coach from California, who wrote the uh, Better You've Together, Discover the Power of Community. But that was you the, actually wrote, wrote read that book and used it as the basis of. I right. thought I wrote that book. Did you write it? The, <laughs> so, but there's this really great quote in here about how. Uh, the most distraught, broken down, hurting person is more beautiful than the most incredible ocean sunset yeah. or snow covered mountain. Yeah, so good. people being created in the image of God are more beautiful, which is good and challenging news to people that struggle being around people. And I had my own like struggle with people moment, you know, Collingswood Porch Fest. This is the first Porch Fest I stayed home from uh, this this year, embarrassingly enough. Collingswood, there's tons of different musical performances yeah. on different people's porches, including... Well, we've hosted Porch Fest events mm-hmm. ourselves. I'm still trying to get up, get up the muscle and the strength to just Re-engage be with, with a people. lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I should keep in mind that they're in the image of God. Are you ready for some low culture stuff, baby? I thought that was the local culture stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets lower. So how how low can we go? We had some Arrested Development. With, I think uh, I caught that. Oh, her yeah, yeah, yeah. and about yeah, yeah. yeah, is this it sort of thing. We had an Edgar Allan Poe reference. Did, did you catch that you one? You think Edgar Allan Poe is low culture? So, well, <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, with with the nerds, cask of Amontillado, I, I used as a scientific term. I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, also, and this is a deeper cut, and this is a movie that I reference but shouldn't recommend. Nerds comes from Revenge of the Nerds. Had no idea. Okay. I'm not low, low uh, yeah, culture enough I don't, for you. you. You are not. <laughs> <laughs> I have wives in low places, as Garth Brooks used to say. The The Rocky statue, that's yeah, from the movie Rocky. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you caught that one. <laughs> and then the my my favorite one, I don't know if you know. New noticed. York is, is like, you know, the starter city for <laughs> Rocky enthusiasts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's... It, 
it's totally dead. It's too crowded. No one lives there anymore. The my my favorite one was uh, Saturday Night Live reference. So Norm Macdonald died a couple of weeks ago, or maybe just last week. So I've been like deep YouTube rabbit holing with old Norm Macdonald commentary. When I went at the beginning of the sermon talking about why Jackson Pollock is famous, I went reason number one, reason number two. In, in the early 90s era of Saturday Night Live, Phil Hartman would do a spoof on Donahue. Do you remember Donahue, yeah, the, yeah, the old talk show yeah. character? So so one time, just for fun, they made it a German version, Don Heiser. <laughs> and he would talk in this very gruff voice. And so it was not a Phil Hartman as Donahue on SNL, but it was a Phil Hartman as Don Heiser. And I went oh. back to find YouTube clips. Apparently Don Heiser only appear only did one skit, had one skit ever, and it's not available online. So it was from season fifteen, episode three. That was in your brain. I guess it was. <laughs> if you <laughs> was, if the was actually was moment. in your brain. Yeah. So you're telling me that you're using the like you're using references from the times when you're like just wasting time on YouTube. You're you're justifying right? yourself by adding that to the script those to the are, sermon so that those you, are totally billable you. hours right there. <laughs> Helen Wolves, if uh, you can find Don Heiser, let me know. Yeah, making fun of Germans. That's what our family likes. Wait till do. next week. There, it, it, next week seriously is going to be a tough week for Germans. Okay, guitar slim pickings. Any leftovers? Any other trivia bits that you or like other John Coltrane solos you thought about doing that you wish you could redo? I have a couple, but you tell me anything. Oh, I actually have something written here. I was going to use as my intro here. Um, Did you notice in Philly, uh, yesterday, Jim and I took a date day in Philly. We often used to do that when our kids were in school. So this was our first one in in ages. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We date lunched and then split ways because I wanted to go shop at CB2 and West Elm to see if they had anything on clearance mm-hmm. yep. because that's what I do. Um, and did you notice the like uh, like the signs on the signposts advertising Center City Philly type things? No. As you were walking around. Right. So they had like these signs with these um, the first two letters were R-E oh. these block fonts uh-huh. and then underneath it was things like re- Center, like Center City, oh. and refresh. Fascinating. And revisit. Ah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> does that make you feel better or worse about your um, represence initiative Both. concept? <laughs> worse because I'm being copycatted, but better because I apparently contain the strength of uh, multi million dollar advertising. I know. Who was firm at the table? Was working it- at. So municipality of Philadelphia. Of obvious, like re. <laughs> I am large. I contain municipalities. <laughs> I did not see represents, <clears throat> although they could have used that. Um, I got. I I thought recenter was like a. I, that was good. That was good. Like Center City. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Refresh. Good job, Philly. Refresh because they want you to go back to restaurants. We were at a restaurant. Refresh. That refreshments. For... Oh. Like refresh. That's kind of lame. <laughs> They could have done better. We were in a Should restaurant that required the vaccine card. That's right. Um, they actually checked. I appreciated that. It was yeah. nice. Nice to be inside. Um, guys, you can get COVID with a vaccine, just so you know. But it was what? It was better. Mild. Mild cases. 
breakthrough backseat. Sorry, you're just smiling at me like. <laughs> just letting you. Okay, any leftovers from you? Because I had mine. <laughs> Two. The rap wars that are going on in the anger household right now. So I mentioned during the sermon. in our house. Well, let me let me explain. The I mentioned during the sermon that I was making a rap for for Clara, and she was like, "Dad, this is a good rap you got here." Uh, oh, under rap. The, W-R-A-P. Right. I was thinking like there were rap <laughs> battles going on. I was like, I have not been paying attention. <laughs> oh, Helen Wolves, go find on YouTube. You mean the foodie. <laughs> the me, foodie me doing raps. Some, some rap wars. Uh, whatever you do, don't look for me on TikTok. The rap wars are... Clara really liked this rap that I made for her last week. Is this a fight week. between you and me? And like, are you trying to say that... Are you trying to engage this battle like... On our public podcast, all I'm saying is, you got you got a little feisty when Clara said, "Dad, that rap was great." And was there another time when she said, you "When you offered to make lunches. a rap," and she's like, "Actually, can Dad make it?" And you were like, "Well, I, I've been making raps for you since you were a little baby. Yeah, I made I'm, you little baby raps." I'm firing myself. You are welcome to take job of rap making for our daughter. The rap maker. I will. I will totally bend and let you. I'll take that crown. Uh, this went in a direction I did not anticipate. <laughs> I want to see the other rap battle. <laughs> you versus Jesse. <laughs> Kendall on succession has nothing on me. So the 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 other Helen Wolf is so I referenced a podcast at the beginning of last episode, the who do you think you are? Nope. Got a couple of texts Ooh. that really enjoyed that. Are we in Helen Wolves? That, that little reference. Well, it's a, oh, it's a blend. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bridge. A, okay. We're bridging to uh, Encore where we talk like. to our notes from listeners and people who are responding. Jim does like, like feedback, positive and negative, except for the sleeping people <laughs> and maybe some teenagers. I mean, oh, wait, I, you don't like negative feedback. I, mean, I prefer positive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so how long will so, so some people seem to have your phone number and are texting you. Right. Feedback. So a couple people texted and said, loved the reference with who do you say that you are to the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast being produced by Christianity Today right mm, now. We could see. It is a little bit of a hot podcast right now. Helen Wolves, you can email in and ask me about my thoughts about that podcast you're you're saying that we're gonna crash and burn (laughs) you're aspiring to crash and burn that'd be fun go big or go home what are the ways that we can crash and burn (laughs) let me count the ways what are the other church merch things that you could come up with (laughs) mars hill probably had them i i had a really great idea that is inappropriate to say on this podcast that that, um, that involved yeah. a tattoo of a liberty key. <laughs> I'm sure Eric Eric shot it down, among other people. <laughs> it that idea did not enjoy broad acclaim. Okay, yeah. So moving on, uh, what it was, was your great. your second text from somebody? No, multiple oh, texts about the, the Mars Hill. One? Okay, okay. That's the kind of listener different people we have. I see. They're, they're jumping ship to our podcast. <laughs> Hope you like it, guys. Right. We're going to crash and burn soon. Um, mm. Other Holland Wolves. I do have a couple emails. I did log on this morning and realized I haven't been doing my job. I, I can't believe I remembered the password for postsundayblues at gmail.com. But we do have two... I actually check that email account like every two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> two emails here. 
one from Howlin' Wolf Scott, who says, I am so happy that this podcast is back. I finally have something to listen to again on my Wednesday commute. Guy, I can, I have, I have other podcasts you could be listening to. I don't, anyway. There are no other podcasts. <laughs> Beck and I are loving the Only sermon Zool. series so far. We usually talk about the sermon on the ride home after church and both agreed this was an amazing one. We look forward to slow cooking of the sermon series. Hmm. Beck and I, this is, oh yeah, this is, yeah, sorry. Beck and I actually had a discussion about the Jen Puri joke. I heard Jen Puri, but Becca claims she heard Jin Puri. She says it was the Louisiana Southern gym coming out where the I's and E's are mixed, like pen and pin sounding the same in the South. Hmm. I did have, the Jen Puri was confusing. So a joke from last week, referencing to the ever popular sermon series title from last time, Paul Puri, why not title this instead of Genesis then and now, boring. Jen Puri, and Becca we were Perry. talking on the I, uh, yeah. podcast last week. Jim Puri. Jim Puri. Becca introduced the Via Tertia, the third way walk in worldview, Jin Puri. It's five o'clock somewhere. I'm in. I don't even <laughs> want to know. Okay. If I remember, Helen Will Scott continues. If I remember correctly, I met her in church, replaced the BB King James version about the text of the right. sermon. Eric Clapton does have a song presence of the Lord, which could be a good fit for that section heading. Just throwing it out there. Tell me, hit me. What I do mean, you number one, I think you're going to nix this because I think you have an anti Eric Clapton bias. Am I right? Uh, only partially. We don't need to go but, into it. But. You don't want to reveal your thoughts about Eric Clapton? Uh, I'm generally positive. Oh, really? Actually. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm misjudging you. I don't know my husband of whatever number of years we've been married. Yeah. How, how many years have we been I mean, I'd like, <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm not a Clapton okay. stan. But okay. Okay. I, I like so, it. Presence of the Lord, Booting I Met Her in Church, Season 2, <laughs> new t- titles. Sure. <laughs> Scott, I I only think that's because um yeah I don't I don't know why that is. No, let let's, let's change try it. it on. Scott, Scott, that's a good idea. I I will miss the. I met the, her in church means nothing. It means nothing I will at miss, all. BB King James version is dumb because it makes us sound like a church that like only endorses King James. Right. And this makes more sense. Presence of the Lord. That's where like scripture is. Life is breathed out of it. I haven't heard the song. That's one of the like. On the other hand, the song thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so let let's do it for now. And I I will I will miss the the ambiguous awkwardness inherent of the. Yeah, I think I even title. Yeah. I, I there is still going to be awkwardness in the section titles because I just I'm just not on board still, guys. Okay. Someone, well, someone give us another Scott. Let's call it an improvement. Another set of outline um, sections. I'm I'm I'm, I'm all ears. My, my ears are all ears. Jim's ears are. I am not half closed. Our earplug filled. That's but. right. Okay. Second email from um, Joe. Uh, my friend Joe says, I have to say I'm 100 pro sandwich sermons, not that you're taking a poll. Adding a deli pickle elevates an otherwise ho-hum compilation of stuff between bread to messianic status, and I get the beauty. Joanna, like, I also really, like, I am going to, like, stop making sandwiches for my kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the pride in which Jim is taking in the sandwich making skills... 
is just annoying. Like, I'm just going to slap P- PBJ. Like, ham, mayo. That's it. Joanna, you can let us know if, you, if you'd want to be a judge in a wrap-off between Emily and me to in, see. In our family, like, I keep on getting told we're out of pickles or we're out of pickled jalapenos or we're out of banana peppers. And I'm like, you guys eat them. Like, in half an hour, the whole jar is gone. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Just yeah, eat we, a sandwich. You don't need pickles. Pickles add no nutritional value to a sandwich. Weird teenager things said in our household include, Mom, where are the pickled jalapenos? <laughs> our household. Also, I have, um, in my post-COVID lack of taste buds, I can only taste spicy in some foods. So, like, I'm eating, like, chili the other day, and it just tastes spicy, and, like, there's no flavor it's like flavorless spice, like water with spice, and it's not good. Well, that's the that's the content of how you've ridiculed my palate for years. Welcome. <sighs> that's how you taste things. That's sad. Very sad. Okay. Um, any other notes from from you? No one else was texting you. No one else is listening to your. I'm story. done. Okay. Don Heiser um, out. Jim Jim does like feedback. I like feedback. I like hearing what you guys are thinking about, having to say. Um, it gives me some more material to work with as I throw things at my husband here. Um, so any feedback you have, email postsundayblues at gmail.com so I don't have to keep on using Jesse's comments. <laughs> <laughs> um and rate, review, and subscribe on our podcast, our podcast feeds. I'm not sure that really gives a bump. To be honest, because totally I'm, sure, I'm not sure people are like searching for like Sunday reflections and and getting Liberty Collings would anyway. But I think more more likely if you do find this sermon podcast postmortem thing interesting, mm-hmm. I think just telling people about it or talking about it. That's yeah. probably even more spreading the word sharing on social. media. Yeah, that might be more helpful than the rating, reviewing and subscribing. I feel like the rating and reviewing that just gives Jim some more ego boost. I'm not sure what I feel about that. I don't know why we're submarining our own podcast. Yes, rate, review and subscribe. And also, if you're already subscribed, if you unsubscribe on iTunes <laughs> and then subscribe again, it counts as a new subscription. I, so we'll take that. Yeah, I've heard that that like Apple's trying to work around that somehow and and doesn't like when people do that so yeah they're yeah they're always a hundred steps ahead that is true are you getting an an apple iphone 13 that was a reference too right the beauty of oh yeah unboxing uh <laughs> apologies to android i think you're happy with aficionados. your your se my iphone se yeah it does phone calls text email podcast it's great i think i think we need to be out of here <laughs> With that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. You know Toy Story, which I haven't seen oh, the last Toy Story. It's been a while no one, for me. No one will let me. No one. None of our kids want to watch it. But like, too babyish. America for real. Every time I'm in here, it's in a different position. <laughs> and right now, he's looking out the window, and like, it. It is the America's. Is it America's ass? America's ass. <laughs>
that's 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 straight in front of me. I I don't know what to say. Like it, it just is. Toy Story. <laughs> how, how how does that relate to Toy Story? It seemed like Captain America focused to me. No, in Toy Story, the toys come alive. They're doing all these random things. Unless you're playing with him, is that what you're saying? <laughs> you play with Captain America every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, I did not see you playing with your dolls again. 